Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about fixed rate golden handcuffs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of in the news everywhere with interest rates and the Fed and the discussion around like what's going on with interest rates and, and how they're going. Uh, but before we do that, Ryan, what are you drinking today? So uh, first, first beer back from my 75 hard program. So very excited about this, Alex. And I had to go with like my all-time favorite, which probably won't shock you. Um, but it is the Black Raven Trickster IPA. Um, just m- one of my favorite IPAs uh, ever. Bo-, Bo and his team are awesome at this. So uh, Black Raven, buddy. Yep. Cool. Hey, if you get a chance and you're in the... Uh, Woodenville or Redmond area, uh, highly recommend going and dropping by the tap house there. They are, they make some great beer, whether you're into IPA or other stuff. What so, do you got going on over there? I am drinking a mirror pond pale ale. Oh yeah. So clocks in at 5% with 40 IBUs. It's just, it's just a good beer. Yeah. Big fan of theirs. So definitely check them out as well. So let, let's dive into this. So Alex, what's really funny is I think a lot of people, at least we're, we're hearing conversations from our clients um, where they kind of feel trapped to some degree where they're at. And what I mean by that is I, I had a client conversation just the other day where they're like, hey, we're looking at maybe buying uh, another property or another home. Another client was like, hey, I'm looking at possibly moving we just don't know that it makes sense to because we would have to get a higher interest rate mortgage. So the, their fixed interest rate being at these like crazy low rates that they were at, you know, sub three on a mortgage right? And, and people just, they're feeling trapped and they're not wanting to do anything because of it. Yeah, totally get that. Um, we're also hearing kind of the same thing of like pushing off big decisions around cars um, or, you know, things of that nature where people just don't want to, they don't, they're, they're delaying decisions, whether it's moving or buying cars or you know worried about the stock market um, because of what's going on with interest rates. And I think we've finally gotten to a point where we're, we're less, a lot less concerned about interest rates. Um, and there's a couple reasons behind that. Um, one is that we're, we've seen interest rates on uh, like banking products, checking, savings, money market accounts, high yield savings, things of that nature, CDs, uh, really start to come up. And so we've we've seen solid uh, rates of return on those types of structures where we're seeing clients get between four and five and a half percent, depending upon what type of structure and like like how it's how it's being organized and like the particular bank and this the the details, right? But call it four and a half, five percent is what you're receiving on cash. Um, and we're seeing a lot of conversation around like what's going on with the, the, the plan to unwind these rate hikes. Right. And so we just saw, uh, Powell, the, the head of the, the fed come out and say, Hey, we're probably not going to lower rates in March. And that was on the heels of like some really good economic news. But one of the things that he said was economic news, good economic news is now no longer necessarily bad. 
Uh, we and that it, it we'd lived in this weird world where like people were almost like not wanting good jobs data because they were worried about what it would do to inflation or whether that would cause the Fed to rate uh, raise rates more or delay uh, cutting rates, things of that nature. Um, and one of the things that the market has kind of built into it over the last couple couple weeks is we're expecting that there aren't going to be rate cuts in March. But at the same time, everything that I'm seeing and reading is that when we look out one year, two years, we're still looking at the same, you know, roughly uh, the same, you know, 2% reduction in Fed funds rates. Yeah, the this the whole interest rate inflation, you know, the, the focus has been uh, on those two topics uh, really for, you know, call it a year and a half, maybe pushing even two years two. at this point. And so people have kind of, they're, they're in this stuck mode is at least what they feel like. And so what we wanted to go into today was, you know, really three different components of your finances and how the interest rates are affecting them. And more specifically, I think really making sure you're looking at the bigger picture and not being trapped in this one to two year mindset, because in the grand scheme of things, interest rates are going to go up. Interest rates are going to go down. Inflation is going to go up. Inflation might go down, right? So we have to take that into consideration when, like, you're looking at financial moves, right? I, I think we get locked in. <laughs> interest rates are were so low, and it's still so fresh in our mind that right now, like, we hear anything above three, and we're like, "That's horrible." <laughs> we forget that no, three was crazy, crazy low. Right. Well, and like for those of us that love our houses and like aren't planning on moving, like hopefully you locked in at sub three and you're never going to change that. That's awesome. Um, It's, you know, I've had a bunch of friends that have been that talk about how like unrealistic that is for rates to have been that low. Right. Exactly. And that they're going to be locked in for the next 25, 30 years and things of that nature. Um, And so, I mean, at at this point, like a, if you got in on it, great. If you didn't get on it, forget it. It's unlikely for it to ever get back to being that low. And even if it did, that's not how you should be looking at the bigger picture, anyways. Correct. So, so let's get into this, right? So we've got three areas of finances that at least people are talking to us today that we chose to talk and in, speak into, and that's house, car, like how mortgage, car loans. And then overall retirement, and so you know, right now, I mentioned the the couple of clients that we have. They're kind of feeling trapped where they're at because the, the interest rates are so low. Um, that's that golden handcuffs that that we were talking about earlier. And th- there's other th- there's there's several solutions. So three solutions that we spoke are going to speak in today is around you could rent, you could buy down the interest rate on, on a mortgage, um, or Right, just looking at it from a managing cash flow perspective. So kind of diving into each one of these, Alex. So first things first, you don't have to go buy, like if you're wanting to move out of your house, whether it's to a different state or in the current state that you're in, you could just go rent for a little bit. Yeah, you could you could rent and you could also choose to rent out your place. And right. so like if you love your house and you think that there is a long-term appreciation – and you're, you know, locked in at a, you know, two and a half or three percent or three and a half percent interest rate. Chances are you can probably rent it out and get at least what 
your what it's costing you net of paying like a property management company. Um, and so like the things that you want to take a look at are like, okay, what are your expenses with having the house? What's going to come in net of the costs of renting it out? Uh, make sure you're building in a little bit of a buffer for, uh, for vacancy and things of that nature. But at the same time, and, and like you also need to make sure that you're you know talking to professionals and, and working with good folks uh, to understand like, hey, how long is it going to take to rent? And like, okay, what, like what happens if it takes us two months to rent our place or whatever else once we move out of it? Um, and that's absolutely like a legitimate option. Um, and that way you aren't selling out of a house where you, you know, still have a 3% interest rate or, or a mortgage or whatever it is. Um, and now you've got a renter who's paying down your mortgage for you. And as long as it's positive cash flow and you've got the ability to, you know, deal with whatever, uh, deferred maintenance the rental people wind up doing like you're now winding up benefiting and like that mortgage is going down every month plus you might have a, a couple extra bucks in your pocket yeah so there's that piece right you could if you're buying another home right you could buy a, a, a you essentially would do a rate buy down where maybe you don't pay the, the higher interest rate you you pay a certain amount of money to get a lower interest rate on your mortgage right and right now that that looks to be, you know, nothing is ever a one-size-fits-all uh, solution, but that is a good option right now because of where interest rates are. Because I think they're at like, what, 6.5% on, on mortgages right now, if I'm not mistaken, which is down because they, they were pushing 8 uh, last year. Right. So, right, 6.5, maybe we can buy it down, maybe we can get it to 5.5, right, or, you know, 6 or something like that. So that's something to look at for that. Or you can do a temporary buy down. Like we, we're seeing a bunch of folks where, like, what they're doing is they're doing like what what's called like a two one buy down, where uh, they're buying the rate down two points, um, and like every year it steps up one percent for two years. So like if rates are at six and a half, the first year it's at four and a half, the second year is at five and a half, um, and yeah, we need to plan for it. We need to take a look at it and understand what that actually is, does, means, etc. But at the same time, the idea and the concept is that by the by the time that you are by the time that expires, rates should be one to two points lower. Um, that the Fed funds rate that doesn't always translate exactly into a dollar for dollar reduction for mortgages. But like if we're at six and a half right now or seven, then you know it might drop drop it down to say. Uh, four and a half to five, which, you know, that's a totally reasonable long-term rate for a mortgage um, and something that we should expect and anticipate being, you know, it, heck, I remember when I bought my first house and we got, we were, we were flirting with a sub five rate and like my parents were just absolutely floored that we were paying less than 5% yep. um, <laughs> or getting 5%. Which really takes us to number three, which is really built into everything we've already been talking about. And that's just managing cash flow. These decisions, normally, it's a cash flow decision, right? If you're looking at the bigger picture, nothing is set in stone. Like you can get an 8% mortgage as long as you can afford that that mortgage in a cash flow. It doesn't mean you're locked into 8% for the rest of your life. Correct. One, like so many people like are thinking about buying houses as though it's like, oh, I bought a million dollar house or a $1.2 million house or or a $800,000 house, whatever it is. Uh, and 
chances are you're not writing a check for 1.2, 1.5, what 800, whatever the number is, you're buying it with monthly cash flow. And so a lot of times when you go ahead and move, like let's say you're 10 years into a mortgage, if you wind up with the exact same mortgage, like meaning that like, okay, hey, we owed $500,000. It was a 3% interest rate. Um, and so whatever that, you know, is, uh, let's say it's, you know, three grand a month. Like, okay, great. Now you go buy a new place. Let's say your new mortgage is also $500,000. Now, instead of paying it down over a 20-year time period, you're paying it down over a 30-year time period. And so you actually gain cash flow if it's at the same interest rate. Um, And if it's the same mortgage, right? To my point earlier, it doesn't mean you're locked in for the next 30 years, always being at 8%. A, you might be able to refinance if interest rates go lower. B, if you're close to retirement, maybe it makes sense for you to actually just pay the house off. It's a decision really year to year. Yeah. It's not a decision for lifetime or 30 years in this instance. So that's something, again, always look at the bigger picture. So that's number one. Number two, and this is a smaller version of that conversation we just had, and it's car car loans, right? It's a it's a hot topic from the standpoint of we've had quite a few clients ask us, "Hey, should I just pay for the car in cash?" And it's hilarious because like one of the things that we're seeing is we're seeing uh, car companies offer really fairly solid interest rates uh, for buying a car anywhere from like I think I saw one at zero. Uh, more often than not, we're seeing it between what two and four. Um, but even if it's even if it's five, like, okay. And, and we're getting the question like, Hey guys, should I, should I, you know, go get a car loan at 5%? Okay. Well, what are you getting on your cash? 5%? Yes. Go get the car loan. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like, again, it goes back to what the, we got so accustomed to for car loans at this 0% or 1.9% financing where it was for the most part, a no brainer, uh, question or answer to the question now because they're higher rates now all of a sudden our mind is like whoa and and we forget to look at the entire picture like what's our other money doing for us yeah and so in that circumstance as long as rates are high like okay great we're gonna get five percent on our cash so great our cash should, would keep up with the loan um, and so I'd rather have the flexibility of the cash sitting in my bank account. I'm earning that 5%. If rates drop and my cash is now earning three and a half percent, well, guess what? I can probably refinance the the car loan. And if I can't, well, I can just take the cash and pay off the car. So again, I'm, I'm in the same position. I just have a whole heck of a lot more flexi- flexibility if I hold on to the cash. Yeah. Um, and like, heck, who knows? Maybe we're in like, there's, like right now I've seen situations where it's like, okay, I'm earning four and a half percent on my cash and I'm paying 3% on a car loan. Uh, yep. Cool. Well, I will finance a hundred percent of it in that. If that's the case. What's to take this a step further, you know, uh, here's a question for, for our listeners. If you're, if you're in that car buying mode right now and you're wondering, should you just pay for it in cash? I, I'd ask you this question. Okay. If you, if you pay for it in cash, how much do you have left that is still liquid accessible to you from an emergency st- standpoint or just flexibility of life standpoint? Because if you take 
and I'm making up numbers here. Let's just say you're sitting on $50,000 in cash. You're getting your 5%, whatever, whatever you're getting. You take 30 and you're going to buy the car or 40 and you're going to buy the car, which drops you down to 10 or 20K left. If you don't have any other money that's liquid to you, chances are that's not a great decision to make. Yeah. When the flip side of that coin is, okay, if you're buying a $40,000 car and uh, let's say it's costing you 3.5% over, uh, let's go six years, like that's a $620 a month payment or somewhere in that neighborhood anyway. Like, okay, can we afford that cash flow? If the answer is yes, then great. And yeah. think about it from the standpoint of like, okay, what's the alternative to, to using that cash flow? Um, like where else would that, would those dollars go? And, um, I mean, that's, that's really the conversation. Um, and it's like, then it's a matter of like, okay, how much utility does the new car give you? Why do we need the new car? Are we able to reduce down our, our other expenses like maintenance and other things that are on the old car? Do we think that the value is going to drop off a cliff? And so we're looking at selling it, those types of things. Like the, this is not a one size fits all conversation, um, but look at it from a cash flow standpoint, and look at it from a managing cash flow. If you can borrow money at three and a half, and your cash is giving you four and a half, yeah, borrow yep. the cash, and then if like be able and willing to either make that payment or take the cash and you know pay off the loan. The point is, hopefully, it's coming across here is. Would you rather have the flexibility or not? Okay. Which takes us to number three. And the number three piece is really the bigger picture piece of this. Um, Retirement, financial freedom, whatever catchy phrases out there nowadays. Um, It it, it comes down to remember, right? The, the, The speculation of interest rates right now is what's causing the volatility in, in the market for the most part. It's not the only thing, but it, it's a big piece right now. Like Powell goes out there and says hi, and the market starts to fluctuate. Right? He goes out there and says low, and the market starts to fluctuate in the opposite direction. Right. It's just It just is what it is. So just remember that this is a blip in your life. And what we don't want to have happen is we don't want to have paralysis occur. Um, like I, 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 a good friend of mine got freaked out about almost 10 years ago now uh, because of politics and was worried about like what the politics were going to do to the market. And like, we can talk about all of the politics and like what happens or doesn't happen until we're blue in the face either way. Like, okay. uh, Under one guy, the market went up and under the next guy, the market went up. And so like we're, whichever side of the political aisle you're on, yes, it's going to affect it. Yes, like having discord to the level that we do is not great for business because there's a ton of uncertainty as to the, the, the tug of war between the two parties right now and the fact that cooperation is a four-letter word as opposed to how things work. Um, but ultimately – what we care about is the underlying fundamentals of the market and how that is operating. Yep. Earnings are strong and resilient. One of the things that we've seen is that we've seen economists 
call for this recession that has yet to materialize. Doesn't mean that it won't. At some point, we're going to have another recession. I've never seen, by the way, in at least no. I, I think this happens every every time there's a threat of a recession. I was scrolling through uh, the Apple News feed the other day, and I wish I would have taken a screenshot because, like every other article, one person said the the S and P is going to go up to five thousand. The next person said we're hitting a recession, and it was like every other was just all over the place. And it just really hit home, you know, the the media and, you know, their job is to get your eyeballs. And the fact of the matter is, is, okay, let's just say this year's a down year. Okay. It's a down year, right? If you set up your balance sheet appropriately in the grand scheme of things, it, it really shouldn't affect you all that much. If it's an up year, the same, st- the same statement is true. It really shouldn't affect you all that much. You just have to set up your balance sheet appropriately, which is where obviously a lot of Americans do struggle. Um, but again, the market is based off you know profits and supply and demand. It's not based off interest rates, which is the point of today's conversation. Right. Or politics or anything else. It's really a, all about underlying fundamentals, which is earnings. And earnings have remained positive. They The expectation is that they're going to be positive for the next couple of years. Uh, and- to a large extent, if you're in your 40s or 30s or heck, even in your 50s, you still have 10 or 15 or more years before you're going to access this money. And then hopefully 20 or 30 or 40 years to enjoy that money. So we're still looking at long time horizons with the vast majority of these dollars. And so we shouldn't get caught up in the, the short term noise. You know, like where, where the basic principles and tenets of financial planning and the investment philosophy that we have is you want to buy and hold. Yep. Yeah. We want to monitor it. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing, but the fewer transactions that we create, the more that we prevent allowing emotion to allow us to react to the news, the better off we're going to be in the long term. So look, the entire purpose of today's episode is a to talk about interest rates, but more importantly, to make sure that you're looking at interest rates and the, and this time period that we're in, it's a blip in your lifetime, right? To make bigger moves or decisions based off this year's interest rates is not the right approach to look at it. It always comes down to cash flow, always will, and that's how you should be looking at these financial decisions. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex, which we did not speak into. And if you don't have a question, I've got one in mind. I've got one. Our question today is how are interest rates affecting you? Are you allowing them to dictate decisions for you? Or are you looking at the bigger picture? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot at the top there to contact us to answer that question because we always love hearing from you all. Um, As well as... Uh, if you haven't noticed on our episode pages there, we've included our YouTube videos. So now that we're on YouTube, so check us out on YouTube or head to beerandmoney.net and you'll see you'll see Alex's amazing face uh, on that. Speaking of amazing, uh, I've got a neighbor and friend that had designed our, our newest hat today. Thank you, Brandon, for uh, your work. And I appreciate, appreciate everything you did there. So um, again, beerandmoney.net. If you got any questions, ping us there. 
we started this podcast to be a, really a resource, hopefully to have you think differently about your money, think bigger picture about your money so that you can live the life that you want and not worry about money, which is kind of oxymoron, but that's the, that's the whole part of today's episode. So as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2024, 169465, expiration February 2026.